Torrent Borealis Paradigm Expansion Greetings from the North and welcome to another episode in our series From Solomon's Temple to Arcadia. We have a recurring guest today, Daniel Ronstam, a Swedish academic who's fairly new to the Oak Island mystery, but has contributed with discoveries confirming the Templar, Rosicrucian, Bacon involvement. He is now in the process of publishing his main research, which, if it holds water, will simply be a major game-changer for everyone who's followed this ongoing real-life mystery. Daniel has studied musicology, philosophy, the history of religion, and has specialized in esoteric and Eastern philosophy, and his field of research has been magic, occultism, and Western esotericism, before turning his attention to Oak Island. As a profession, he teaches film production, is a department member of Lund University, a filmmaker, an electronic musician. The last five years he has become an expert in cryptography as a result of stumbling over his discovery and subsequently exploring the Bacon Oak Island riddle. So far he has not published any books, but we will soon update our website with his presentation page, where you'll find his links, including to the website called Recovering the Oak Island Project, where he's released and will continue to release papers, documentation and research, including the stuff from the episode of the Curse of Oak Island at History Channel, where he was featured. Incidentally, this is our first program on Oak Island without any force majeure disturbances. Could this mean that the curse is lifted because he has unveiled its ultimate secret? Time will tell. Today we have Daniel Ronstam back. Welcome back to the forum, Daniel. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this because uh, the last time we had you on... Yeah. By the way, listeners, if you have not heard our last program, you should probably do that before you listen to us talk today because last time, Daniel here promised that when he could share the details, he would come back and do that. And uh, this is it, isn't it? Everything is on the table now? Yes, almost everything. Not not uh, the location itself. Uh, I can't go out with that. That has to do uh, that has to be a decision from the, the Nova Scotia Heritage Department okay. before uh, to do that. But uh, And also, of course, the details around the cryptography, I have to save that for the book. But Or else, my theory and everything, it's... Uh, and what I have discovered in an overview is public now. Okay. So. so let's take this chronologically then. Like we remember last time, Daniel has like an add-on, <laughs> like an expansion 
of Peter Amundsen's uh, theory, or you have your own theory, but it's that uh, it dovetails so much with what discoveries Peter had. And we'll uh, we'll have a little focus today, I think, on the differences and the similarities. But basically, it's all about Bacon, Shakespeare, and Oak Island. And if you are right, if what you have found, your discoveries, mm. proves out to be authentic, I, I'd call it a game changer. Yes, it's a, it could be a game changer, but... Uh... Well, of course, game change. It's, it will be the end of the two hundred year search. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so let's take this from the beginning. Then um, you did discover, and, and you said actually last time you said it was a freak accident. In, in fact, this was long before you even know about Peter Amundsen's research and all that. You you stumbled over something, didn't you? Could we go yes, a little more yeah. into details about this today? Yeah, what happened was that I, in 2010, I, I worked as a teacher back then in a school in Lund here in Sweden. And uh, one of the colleagues at work, he told me he saw this documentary about a hole in the ground and saw on TV. I was intrigued, so I went home and watched, the tele- watched this documentary on Swedish television. And, uh, I, of course, I was hooked. You know, I was too f- <laughs> I was gone. Yeah. So, uh, and then I um, started to read up on uh, on it a lot. I, I digest a lot of, uh, when I get into something, I just digest, digest. So for like half a year, I read a lot about it. And uh, I didn't know anything about Petter, but uh, I read something about the Shakespeare-Bacon theory and so on, loosely. Mm. And uh, then I lost interest after about four months. I started to... Uh, to lose interest and um, and then I just sat at work and I uh, scrolled around the internet. You worked at uh, a university, right? Uh, no, I, I worked as a teacher in university as well in sound. I'm a media guy, so mm. I worked in sound, but but my main job was in high school. So I worked uh, in media production, uh, a high school specialized in media production. Right, here you are. You have yeah. Pater in, um, he's not that much older than you. You have Pater in Norway and you have you in Sweden. Pater is a musician. You are a musician. Yes. Pater stumbled over this. You stumbled over this. I think there's a lot of similarities here. Yeah, the thing is, I uh, right now I'm not uh, doing much music. I have two kids and so. But in my youth, when I was a bit younger, I, I made a lot, a lot of music. Yeah. yeah, but I'm getting more at the fact that you and him are into music, have helped you understand these things. Yeah, because a musician needs uh, another way to perceive. Like Pythagoras said, geometry is numbers in space, whereas music is number in time. So you have this understanding of connections, if you see what I mean. Yes. And you're a computer guy too, that too. So that you have some natural abilities, so to speak, that have helped you, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, the thing is, it's pattern-based. Music is pattern-based. And by in my, my first, uh, when I was younger, I did some rock music and so on. But then I drifted over to electronic music. I did a lot of electronic music. And it is very, very pattern-based. And you hear patterns, you produce patterns. Exactly. And so on, complex patterns. Yeah. So it might be that. But uh, actually, I think it's because I'm ADHD. I got my 
Actually, my diagnosis just a few weeks ago. <laughs> really? You sound very cool, man, and collected. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't work like that. You know, the, there's so much research going on on ADHD, so they changed it all the time, you know. So now, so now it's, it's not even a disease anymore. It's, uh, it's built into the human genome, so it's, uh, it's part of humanity. It's like 5% of the population that have uh, hmm. ADHD. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a different way of thinking, and uh, you have these hyper-focus abilities when you can... They used to say like this, ADHD is a superpower if you can get someone to do the laundry for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is very true, because that's what it's about. You, know, you, you have the ability to, like, you can focus on something for 12 hours. Yeah. And it, it's good when you make music, it's good when you do creative stuff, and it's good when you crack codes. So maybe Pater too has HDHD, because he describes his uh, adventure as, just like you, that he was like, he says, a maniac. I'm a maniac. You're reading everything, you know, obsessed with it, yeah. uh, working with it. So how did you stumble over this discovery then? Uh, I stumbled over it. I, I saw this... Um, this thing on the internet, it was just a random page that came up, you know, mm. uh, when I was going through old documents. I was following a, a trace with Shakespeare and Bacon, uh, and I, some old documents came up, and I saw something just on a, lo on a loose, insinuative vibe. I saw some connection to Oak Island there. And I started to do, like, just random cryptographic experiments with this uh, material I found on the net. And then I got the result that I was just shocked about. And, and this connection that I'm talking about right now, I must save my book so I can't, I can't go public with it right now. But it, uh, it will come out in the book. Okay. But, but what happened was, on the bus home from work, I, sat, I, I did this cryptographic experiment, and uh, I got this result that was, What? I got deep folly out of uh, out of this cryptographic experiment. I can't disclose right now exactly where I found it and what cryptographic experiment it was, but I got deep folly out of a result, mm. and that means deep fake building. And uh, from that, I I got what 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 is this? Is this you think about the money pit? If that's a fake. Building is is this describing a fake building? At first, I thought it was just uh, just a coincidence, mm -hmm. but then when I came home, I started to investigate where I found this this material from, and I and then I just yeah, I consumed the, the full document and read it over and over again. So deep folly, you say? What do you mean by that? Is that a sentence you you read, or, or is that the title of the of the work? No, it, it's it's uh, the result of a cryptographic experiment from material oh. from material I got in this document that I, uh, I stumbled over on the, on the internet. Can you disclose the document, or is that I, I, yeah, I can't do that. No, I can't. Not yet. Uh, okay. I must save for the book. <laughs> 
Right. Sooner or later, you have to disclose everything so we can verify your claims. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, people are critical and many people are, are skeptic uh, automatically. So they will yeah. look for excuses not to believe you. So, oh, he hasn't disclosed that yet. Oh, it has to be a bluff. He wants money, attention. I mean, you get neither in this field. You only get hard work. But but nonetheless, those are attempts to debunk. So so these details will will be disclosed eventually, right? In in your book, you say? Yeah, the, th- the plan is like this. I have 7,500 unpaid research hours behind me on this. I wow. worked, uh, I worked my ass off, so to speak. Yeah. I almost lost my family and, and stuff. In the, I lost oh, my job because of it. Oof. And I almost lost my family because of it. Hmm. Uh, and the thing is, uh, if I go out with, you know, I, I, I want to just show everything to everyone. But yeah. if I do that now, then I don't get a publishing deal afterwards because they don't want to publish things that are on the net. Ah, right. So you will have nothing to show for, nothing back for all that uh, sacrifice. Yes. Mm. So, so uh, my plan is to uh, to do a proper scanning, get experts, academia uh, world involved, and uh, yeah. there will be an excavation. And after the excavation of this place, then I will publish the book. Mm. Because the situation right now is that the Curse of Oak Island show, it has done something very good that it has put Oak Island back on the map as, as a mystery. Yeah. But, but what it's also done is that it's a, it has attracted a lot of, uh, what do you say, freaks, people yeah. with, <laughs> that is different, that is, that is have a distance to the academic community. Yeah. And what happens with the, like a trained archaeologist or some from, uh, that works professionally in, in academia, they can't because their own personal career. They can't in. They can't approach this kind of subject, because if they approach this kind of subject that is soaked in this mm. Dan Brown thing uh, feeling that is very unscientific, then they get problems in their own personal careers. Yeah, and this is the main problem. I, I I've talked to some guys that are trained archaeologists in Nova Scotia, and they say. Uh, we we can't approach this because Oak Island is uh, we uh, you know we have we get problems in our own careers if we approach Oak Island. Yeah. And I say to them, you know, you, you must do this. This is world heritage. You must take this seriously, even if there are people all over the uh, the media that say strange stuff about it. You have to be like, uh, yeah, that's what that's my claim. Mm. But they say, sorry, we we have to take a distance from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is one of our pat uh, subjects here at the forum. One of the reasons we have this podcast is to let researchers, academicians, or people who, in otherwise, present something scholarly, get a mic. Precisely because of the crisis in modern academia, it is very hard to get the truth. You are a truth seeker by personality, just like Petter. And a scholar. But the problem is, most people in academia today, they have their jobs. They're not willing to sacrifice like you did, uh, your job and your family and all that. So they're hold hostages by this, uh, pseudo-skeptical, this, we can't touch anything. And when it comes to Oak Island, like you say, everybody and his mother are now concocting their own theories. Some do stumble over something interesting, but very much is inflation and recirculation and 
bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit. So, of course, it becomes like a, a leper field. You can't touch it. It's, you will become infected mm. <laughs> as an academician. So I understand. Yes. But the reason we have you on is because I know that you, just like Peter Amundsen and, and some others, are genuine. This is, you are uh, on a quest here for truth. But why would you want to wait with your book until after it has been discovered, after the excavations? Yes, well, well I have to be honest, you know, it's, uh, it's because the value of the information will be the highest after the excavation. You know, be, you know before, uh, before excavation, it will be interesting that I found the position. But... Uh, when when that stuff is coming up on the ground that is that is in this uh, this facility, yeah, then the it will be a, a higher value for for a publicist firm. Yeah, the market to, will be hot, right? Yes. So, and I have said, yeah. but 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 don't you see a weakness in that? Because if they they follow your thread and find something at your X, then they will probably be flooded with books very soon about it, even though it's not the the guys who, who, who contributed to the discovery. Whereas if you publish it before, you will still have the book out then, and they will find it, and it will get a boost in sales. Yeah, I, I don't, the thing is, I find myself not qualified to answer that question, you know, because okay. my soul, you know, I'm, I'm working my ass off uh, Completely now because I, I don't have time to write the book. I, I must take this to yeah. up so that uh, the academia in Nova Scotia notice this and take over from me. You know, now I need to produce a professional scanning, and I, I can't pay it myself because I've I've, uh, I've burned all my money, all my savings on this. So I have to involve the kind of investments, and I have some great interested persons that take this further. Mm. But I talk to NS Heritage, and they say, this is a very, very interesting report. And we have filed this as a special place protection. I, I gave them a huge, a huge report on my work. But we can't, we, we have locked the information, they say. No one can get this out from mm. NS Heritage. But we can't act on this information right now. There has to be a professional people on the ground doing the scanning and doing analysis before we can act on anything. Okay, so let me see if I get this right. The archaeologists cannot start digging until someone with equipment have confirmed that your point X does contain something. Now, it's all about credibility. You know, I, I rented professional equipment, Marlow. That's the same equipment archaeologists use when they scan. Okay. I rented that equipment, went there myself with the, my video photographer friend, and we scanned, we got expert results and the experts, and this is one of the most you know, respected, creditable experts in the world, Dean Goodman, who has produced software, his PhD in this. And he said, this is no, there's no question, this is man, this is not natural. Mm. It's not natural. It's ma it's, uh, there's disturbed earth here, you know, and this is right under a huge boulder with an X cut in the side. Have you have you tried sending it to Yola Sigmund? Not the scan results, but uh, there's a deep... I mean your theory on cryptography and that stuff. I will do that. I will do that maybe later on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be interesting, absolutely. But let's take this then in, in chronological order now. But let's let's backtrack a little now to you discovering in this document that you cannot disclose yet, but you saw a pattern there, you started to play around with it, and then you discovered codes, right? Or messages. Yeah, I discovered alignment cryptograms in this document. Okay. Yeah, pretty hands-on when you... Uh, but it was very, very difficult to to get them out because uh, the document was in bad shape. And uh, luckily, I, I'm, a, I'm a media production teacher, so, so I knew a lot of image processing software. So what I did was that I uh, I tried to stitch it all together mm. because it was in a bad shape and I enhanced contrasts and so on, translated every every text syllable and so on so that I could get uh, these alignment structures out. So it was... It's an extensive, extensive job. What language was the was the document in? It's in English. Hmm. Right. And did you immediately see a connection to Bacon there, or did that come later? No, it's uh, well. I I have to pass that question. <laughs> I know you're <laughs> okay. fishing for information here, but yes, yes. I have to pass the juicy stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be like this that uh, because what I need to do, I need to get a publicist agent before I do any decisions on, on to to go out with this information. The, the publicist agent, this is his job to say, this is go public now, this go, does not go public now. So right. I, I have to wait until I get that, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah. shouldn't be hard to get. You, you should probably sign a confidentiality agreement so the publicist can see your work and then decide. I mean, anyone who, who knows about this area they should know when to act uh, because uh, if you're onto something here that yeah. uh, publicist will will do a very wise career decision are you in touch with publicists or or do you need to get in touch with some uh, i need to get in touch with some and, th- and that's we, that's the problem uh, again because mm. th- this subject is so flooded with uh, a lot of theories a lot of information all around yeah so i the thing is i'm um, it, it all comes down to there has to be someone uh, with me and my video photographer at Spot X doing a scanning, and this someone or, or uh, several people need to have so much credibility with the local press and with NS Heritage and with the universities so that they can go up to them and say, This guy here, he knows what he's talking about. There is something there, here's the result. Mm. That connection needs to be done. Because I can't go there myself and say, hey, you have to rent this kind of machine. It costs $19,000 and go here. <laughs> they won't do it. They okay. won't do it because, because I'm just one of, the, one of the theories right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll go more into that because I have some questions about all this and there are info you need to get out there. But if there's any publicist uh, listening now or someone who knows someone, uh, if you want to do that publicist a favor, you should probably alert them to Daniel is a hot potential customer here. And um, 
the proof is in the pudding, as the British say. So all you need to do is present the work. It will speak for itself and uh, then uh, a discovery which will, which will confirm the work. But again, I'm not done asking you about the documents yet. Even though you can't disclose them, you, you couldn't say very much about your method last time. Is that still something you, you cannot go into many details uh, about? I can go into some methods, yes. And they what I mostly worked with is alignment structures, and that you just seen in the video I posted uh, quite recently. Mm. Uh, have you seen that video? I've seen two videos that you've had. You've disclosed the uh, area, which we will get to. Yes, but... But uh, have you also published a video explaining the details of your work? I, I posted just, uh, I think it was three days ago, I posted a 14-minute video on right. that. Oh, I should have seen it before we started this talk. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, it goes into uh, uh, statistical analysis of alignment structures. Great. So people can watch that then to get some more meat on the bone you're presenting. Yes, and also a grand plan theory for the whole uh, Ockham project as a part of the Shakespeare project. Okay, let's hear that then. What you have concluded that the theory is based on your findings? Well, as you can see like this, my theory is technically a build-on to uh, Leary's and Petter's theory. So Leary come before, then come Petter. And uh, Petter has done very, very good work. And my, my uh, when it comes to the swamp, mm. my theory is just a build-on to his uh, theory mm. or like a, a sideline uh, theory. But uh, he, he was the guy who... Uh, who had discovered the tree of life when i when i uh, unearthed the victory stone i i just strengthened his theory in my belief mm. but our our theory about the mercy position is not the same uh, i think no but my mine is that it is a box the same kind of box that there was in the the semen chamber in the money pit and that i explained that in a video as well and um these two boxes contain uh, cryptographic maps. And the, the, the box in the semen chamber uh, was not complete. The information in that box was not complete. You need information from outside the island to be able to solve that. But that, that, uh, that cryptography links to this outside object, and that is the Shakespeare sonnets that was produced in 1609. Mm. But have you discovered something in the documents that Pater has worked with that uh, wasn't discovered yet? Or, or did you just include those discoveries in your own theory? Well, I, I didn't know exactly what you mean. What, what did you mean there? Well, Peter and Larry and these people have made discoveries in, in the sonnets, in the first folio. Uh, now you have worked with other documents. So my question is, have you also found stuff in those documents that Peter and others have already examined and found something new there that they didn't find so far? No, just the thing is, I I worked with one document from a private library and the Shakespeare sonnets exclusively. Oh, okay, interesting. And then uh, cryptog in the cryptography sense, the, mm. then I've checked some of Peter's work in the first folio some alignments. I, I use one of his alignments in uh, in this new video because it's a very, very tight alignment and the statistical calculations is uh, obvious that, uh, you know, the, 
the chance for this not being uh, created by intent is so so small. It's, it's extremely small. Yeah. Is that the TT map, or is that the Tree of Life projected onto that page? Or no, no, no. This is a straight alignment of the five word lords on a page uh, of eleven lords total. Okay. Uh, in uh, page 131 in histories, mm. and as this, this is just to, and actually this section was uh, was done for the academia, that just uh, say what 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 is this? You draw lines over a page. What is this? You know, mm. so, so that's why I did this. So I, I do it with one alignment structure in the sonnets, and uh, one of Pedro's alignment structures he found in the in the first folio. Mm. So you actually confirm Petter's work? Not all of it. We do not agree on everything, but there is a very substantial thing that Petter has uh, discovered, yes, in my view, in first folio. He can't disagree until he really has checked out your theory, and that's not really possible until everything is disclosed. But yes. Petter's uh, trace kind of stops at the mercy point. Yes. Uh, but you, you go further, right? Yes, I go further, yes. So... No theory is stronger than its weakest link. So uh, one has to be careful because every step of the way, if there's an error in just one of the steps of his theory, it doesn't mean that his theory is invalid, but it would mean in practice that people wouldn't take it seriously anymore if just one step is debunked. Now, <clears throat> I don't know where the weakest spot in his is, but I do know that if you get all the way to the mercy point, mm. and if all that is proven correct... And if they don't find anything at the mercy point, or at least not the big treasure, <laughs> we could actually continue then with your theory. Yes, but, uh, you know, I, I've been in that swamp in a boat, and uh, I've seen, a, oh. I've seen a, a diver take up flat stones that was laid around over the mercy area. Yeah. And they are not present in the other parts of the swamp, but there are like a flat surface of very hard clay uh, on the bottom of the swamp. And that is not natural. That, that clay is, is not, should not be there under a swamp. There's a completely flat surface of uh, clay. So they have, they have made an artificial swamp. They have strengthened the mercy area with flat rocks. And they have scanned, but they, they can't get deep deep with the scans because there's too much mud and so on. So uh, if there is something at mercy, it has to be buried underneath tree root level. Because yeah. they couldn't like um, predict if the, if the construction will uh, fail and it would dry out and there will be trees growing there. And if they have something of value down there, it has to be deep. It has to be deep down. So yeah. they can't find it. The only way to find it is pipe scan. And that drill holes and pipe scan, but they can't do that because they, they need permission for it because this is wetland. Oh, you mean from the, the authorities? Yes. It is very hard to uh, get permission for it. Because as you know, now they have uh, finally, and, and that was so touching too, that they have buried the hatchet for the first time in the history of Oak Island. Everybody is now cooperating and they got this old feud between um, Fred Nolan, who's one of those uh, older owners, and um, Dan um, Blankenship. So they, they, have, uh, they are both on board now. Uh, so obviously, Fred Nolan would would allow it. Uh, they're starting to dig at his hotspots. Unfortunately, Fred Nolan himself believes in the swamp, mm. 
Uh, because what they have done so far, uh, I think is rather pathetic, actually. They haven't really done a very good job in trying. Well, they did drain it. I have to give them that. But they didn't follow up very cleverly. And there's so many ways they could investigate Mercy, you know. Um, they could even do it now in the winter. Yes, but uh, the problem is that they are, I think that they're, they're doing a bit of a strange priorities in their uh, work. But then again, one has to, to uh, bear in mind that it's Prometheus who run the show. Yeah. And what, what they put on the show is not the same thing what's going on on the island. No, it's a different sequence, right? Yes. It's, are, yeah. Yeah, it's a different sequence and also different content because they're making a show. And the, the island owners are, are working somewhat differently. I think they have a different mindset and they, they go forward in a different way. But I think th- the first thing they should have done after I on Earth, Petra's discovery of victory, was to go, as soon as they have a deal with Nolan, they should go for the other two Sephiroths. Yeah, uh, just remind people Sephiris, that... Sephiroths, sorry. Yeah, these Sephiroths are these hotspots on the Tree of Life, which is the elaboration of Nolan's Cross, yeah. which is this uh, geometrical structure on the island with hotspots. There are actually confirmations they found these stones. Now that Nolan is on board, they could find the lost Sephiroths. Do you know if they've looked for them? No, I don't. I don't uh, know if they've uh, not said because they're going to be ten or eleven all to, together, and so far they have found eight. I think there are, there are three of them on Nolan's property. Uh, two uh, and the, two, and then Darth the hidden. Yeah, hidden, but that's yeah. on the Tom's house right yeah. now. We talked about that last time. It's under a house. So that's a bummer, but. Uh... At least they can find those stones now, and that should motivate them, I think, to, to investigate Mercy further. Yes, but I, I don't see that uh, that motivation to try to uh, to go with that trail. And uh, also, if if you look at if you look at the whole island, what do you see? If you if the tree of life that, that I think I've proven Peter's theory by unearthing victory because it's full of tool marks, mm. it's uh, you see a deceiving construction in the tree of life. You see a cross that becomes transformed into a tree of life. You see a Christian exoteric religious item, a cross, that is transformed to an esoteric item, Kabbalah, mm. Christian Kabbalah, Renaissance Kabbalah. And, uh, and then you have a, a, a money pit that is a that looks like a treasure key but it's not, in my theory that I explained in the new video. It's not a, a treasure keep. What it is, it is a beacon to keep the project alive for all eternity, hopefully. And it's also a map keep. Uh, a what? A, a map keep, a, a partly a map keep. What does that mean, a map keep? It's a cryptographic map keep, the same as, as the Tree of Life. Oh, so it can give you clues about... It's not just a decoy. It's also a way to find the real spots. Yes. it's wow. if, if you look at the cement chamber, it was enclosed in the clay, in water-resistant clay. And above and below that water-resistant clay, there were an iron, uh, just an iron plate. Right. And if you look on the side of the money pit, you, you actually see that the constructions must have put significance in the salmon chamber because it is protected and enclosed mm. by very protective uh, gear like iron plates and, re- and water-resistant clay. 
waterproof clay. So, uh, and then the pit continues underneath the cement chamber. Uh, so what they're trying to do, they are trying to attract greedy people to try to go past water traps and try to think there's a, this is a treasure. There's treasure in here. Mm. And they should keep doing that and they should never stop. They must keep trying to get down that pit and spread rumors about the strange island. And when that, those rumors spread, it hits people that have found cryptography in publication that they don't know what it is. And when these two informations connect, then the discovery process can start. Because then you can connect the cryptography with the island. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I understand that that's how it has worked. But yeah, I, I have to say personally, even though I'm behind uh, yours and Peter's theories, I think that's quite an elaborate scheme to foresee. That's pretty detailed. I mean, they would have to be almost clairvoyant to achieve that effect. I can buy a decoy. I can even buy them having put in clues. But uh, to keep it go eternally and the word would get out, I don't know. I think they thought that uh, some people in the Masonic tradition would uh, recognize, you know, because there's so many Masonic signs on that uh, island, that the, the G and everything. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know if you, you've seen that, but there's also an analysis. They think it's a Masonic mythos, and they have a huge article of how this corresponds to masonry, to myths and rituals in masonry, the whole Oak Island uh, scheme, the whole outline. So, you mean so, Dennis King? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I think if it was Bacon and these people, yes, they, they would go for one of their descendants. But it's so strange that they didn't have like, I mean, the Rosicrucians, wouldn't that be like a elite group that would keep this memory alive, but somehow it went into oblivion? Uh, I, and I think you mentioned last time that your hypothesis is that the Rosicrucians are indeed a project intended for the Oak Island mystery. Yes. Uh, what, uh, what, if you see my video and you see the grand plan theory, it explains quite step by step how the discovery process uh, should work, in my theory, that is. Mm. Yeah. But it's based on my discovery and, what, uh, and how the system works. And it's very, very, very intelligent. And you, you can attack it with uh, different scenarios of what would play on. And you see that it, it is safe from almost all kinds of scenarios that you, okay. you think of, can think of. Mm. And, um, you know, Bacon was a futurist. This is a project that was produced uh, to preserve something for future generations. And they, they need to insert a time delay. There needs to be a time delay. They, they can't, people can't discover this 10 years after they built it. No. They have to be, uh, the farmer talks about 100 years. That was the minimum time delay. Mm. It shows the new world because they, they wanted the ethics and the morale to develop and society to develop and so yeah, on. Yeah. But they need to make sure that no one discovered this until society is developed and only the right kind of people can discover it, that can protect it and don't destroy it, or so on. They have to know what it is. So, so do you think that deliberately the insiders, I mean, did not preserve the memory of, they let it die out? The, the, yes. Hmm. It's an auto-mechanical testing facility that is created to uh, work on its own without any memory of it. Hmm. 
and that include the cryptography in the Shakespeare publications and possibly elsewhere. And, uh, you know, the Shakespeare sonnet has one part of the map uh, that, that uh, gives reference points. The first folio might have a full map in it. I don't know. It's much bigger work. It's much more complex than the sonnets. And, uh, and there could be other cryptographic works as well. But Yeah, that's not discovered yet. Mm. Yes, but these, these works, including the, the Rosicrucian Manifestos, I, I don't know if they include cryptography, but they might have another function, that is to ignite the revolution and make people search this place. But the whole, the whole project is mechanical, yeah. and it's, it, is, it works by itself, and it's still working. Yeah. If the whole island is a deceiving project, it deceives people, it uses the greedy to get to the worthy. They, what have the greedy done since they found it? They have tried to get down that pit. It works exactly as it's supposed to. Almost destroyed the place. <laughs> yes, and they foresee that. They foresee see that this could be destroyed. That's why we have, a, we have a secondary map of the island in the swamp, because the money pit map could be destroyed. Hmm. Your point is, is well taken here, but I think that uh, this auto-mechanical preservance was more like a last resort. Because if you read Pharma, you'll see that they should pick just a few uh, brothers and that they should have like successors. That's important. You worthy successors and that they should strive to look for the grave of the father so it sounds like the project was a, an elite of insiders who were supposed to preserve this but that you know you can't take any chances and at that time as you pointed out last time people were murdered for less uh, very dramatic times and you, you couldn't go out with these things so uh, we don't know at this point and I think based upon uh, my insight into the Rosicrucian phenomenon that the intention was to preserve a uh, when Bacon died, Bushel probably was the main project head. And who knows who who he told. I mean, he must have told someone. It's just in the human nature not to... It's very hard to die with, with big, big secrets like that. But uh, again, they couldn't tell anyone. They had to be worthy people. But apparently it seems that it has died out no matter. So the speculation is mm. obsolete point now. So we have this auto-mechanical and... You think that in the Mercy Point there are clues. Now, you mentioned that there's a box in the Money Pit, the, the decoy, the main point where people are focused, and you also mentioned there is a box at Mercy. Could you elaborate a little on that? Yes, the, the box at Mercy is a theory, but uh, it's based on my discovery. It's a logical, inductive conclusion of my discovery. Oh, it's not a conclusion, but it's inductive theory. Yeah. And there... Uh, if you, if you read the sonnets, if you read the lover's complaint, the last part of the sonnets, there's actually a section, there were two stanzas that, that you can interpret, and I say this, interpret, as describing this box. But uh, <coughs> it starts with bidding them find their sepulchres in mud. Around this area in, in the, the lover's complaint, you can, you can interpret as, as describing this, but you can, of course, not prove anything. But the, the, the sonnets is, consist of several different types of uh, steganography structures that work differently, that are unique, and some are not unique. They are traditional Kabbalistic methods. Oh. But there's, there's something, there are, 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 there's some stuff that are very unique. And I can say, 
one of the most elaborate structures I have found in the sonnets, and I think it's it's also in the, used the, the repeated some of the same in the first folio, is repetition of specific words. Mm. When you have a specific word, it could be any word, but when you have a specific word that and you read all occurrences of that word in the book, you find that the surrounding around that word, the description in the poetry, is the same in all occurrences. And that's it's spread out in you have no connection whatsoever, this this word, but when you read around it, you find the same kind of uh, passages and the same kind of instructions. This enforces a decryptor uh, more or less to be a team to read the book over and over and over again, uh, do experiments, try to extract information. So, so they, they forces it to be a, a group of people. Yeah, because they couldn't foresee computers at that point. No, they couldn't the foresee computers at that point. And the reason we, we can solve it today is because of computers. Mm. It would be impossible to do this unless you are a very big team and you have a lot of sonnet publications that you can just tear up and do experiments with. You can't do that. Like uh, like a secret brotherhood, all of the Rosicrucians. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is the team, in my view. But uh, you need a key, don't you? You can't just use your eyes here. You need to have like some perception right some preconceived you, you can't you can't understand the sonnets without uh, coming in from that document and the, the document i believe is a backup copy of the one uh, placed in the salmon chamber because oh. it uses real drilled rocks around the money pit and uh, around some other area up and above to uh, and you know the drilled rocks are mostly on uh, on the eastern end of the island, but they are spread out in other places as well. Yeah. Uh, some of them, but most of them around the Maripit area. But the Shakespeare song... Yeah, now, now they have found... Uh, Fred Nolan helped them uh, restore those in the museum and stuff. So, yeah, it's come to light now, his findings that he has kept yes, yes. for himself. These stones and stuff, yeah. Yes, but... Uh, uh, so what, what the money piece does is that if you can get past the water traps by uh, decrypting the polyalphabetic, in my theory this is, I've, I don't know all of this, but no. it's inductive in my theory, you have to, when, when the inscribed stone comes up and you see the 40 feet below uh, message in a simple substitutive decipherment, mm. uh, everyone thinks this is a fake message, but if you think of it cleverly, what it does is that it activates the function of the money pit to be a treasure keep for the unworthy. Mm. Then the cipher is also another message that is much, much, much harder to get out of the, of the symbols. So when it, they keep trying, they keep trying, they can't get past. Mm. And then some worthy people come around that are trained in cryptography and very intelligent. And they see, wait a minute, this could be a polyalphabetic cipher. And they break it, okay, we can get past the water traps. We get past the water traps, get down to the salmon chamber, get it up. And then they see a document in there. And when they read this... Hang on, I'll just remind the listeners at this point that we have already been through this. This isn't a hypothesis, this has happened. Yeah, yeah. A professor almost decoded it, and then you saw his error, and then it was decoded. And that's when you were presented in the program. And you laid out this other message, this poorly alphabetic message, which is indeed how to get past the water traps. So, yeah. Yeah. 
it's a breaking of the cipher. And when the worthy people get the, the documents up, there is indications in these documents that points to the Shakespeare sonnets, if you can understand those indications. Mm. Or if, if you, you know, it's intelligence test. It's a morale and intelligence test. Mm. Everything in this island has to do with this kind of test. And uh, then, okay, we, we, sh we need, we see some cryptography in this, this document. But this is not enough to understand where the real vault is located. We need to bring the Shakespeare sonnets. Because the, the map continues in the Shakespeare sonnets. Mm. So they bring an external item over to the money pit and to the documents there. But if the money pit is destroyed completely by unworthy treasure-seeking activity, then the worthy need to, that finds cryptography in publications in Europe, whatever, that when they hear the rumors about the island, they connect it. Mm -hmm. Then they come to the island and they say, hey, we have to look around this island, what's here? They find a tree of life structure mm -hmm. and uh, they understand, because they are esoteric trained, that, uh, aha, we need to dig at mercy. So they empty the swamp, and they need a lot of person to do that. That's a resource test. And they get this box up with another map. Uh, they have found a box in Monipit, haven't they? Yes. And it's also interesting that they have found one of these bacon-preserved pages. Well, just a fragment of a page. And incidentally, at that page, was it just one letter, do you know? It was VI, but there, there are no connection, there are no known connection between that piece of paper and Bacon or Shakespeare or whatever. No, but but that's because it was just a fragment of a paper. Yes. But are you sure it was VI itself? No, you can't be sure of that. But there there is some letters written with ink and it's paper. Preserved in mercury. They don't know that, but they have come, they have got mercury up. From yeah. on the drills when the drill in the money pit. It's, it's a very very small piece of paper with uh, like three lines with black ink on. That's the only thing. Okay, and it says VI. That's interpretation. That's interpretation. You don't see the full letters on the on that. But anyway, that that fits with your theory then, because okay, obviously there is documents there, yeah. and there's a box there. Yes. So you think it's the same in Mercy Point? I think it's the same in Mercy Point because it mm. will be very, very strange if it will not be there. Of course, according to my discovery, but also, you know, if you, um, you can, it will be, if, if the money pit and the, the swamp and the tree of life are actually connected and produced by the same people at the same time for the same purpose, which is, uh, there are very strong indications about that from C14 tests and so on, from wood. Mm. And uh, why build these two facilities beside each other like this? If you want to protect a treasure and you bury it in a swamp, if you want to protect the treasure and bury it in a swamp, would that actually be enough to protect it? Mm. And who are you protecting it from? Who, why are you doing this, you know? Why are you burying it? Well, I guess that depends very much on what is buried. Yes, it does, but but in any case, you you bury. I think you have you have three motives to bury things. One, to get it yourself later. Yeah. Two, to never get it, just to mm. to get rid of it. Yeah. To hide it away. Yeah. Mm. But then you just dump it in the sea, whatever. Or you want someone sometime to get it up. I don't think mm. there is any other reason to bury something. 
you, you can just you destroy it if you don't want it there. You destroy it. If you don't want anyone to find it, you dump it in the sea. And if you want to retrieve it later, why build so massive things on the island, like a hole in the ground? But you know, one of the strongest indications of what's buried there is the Ark of the Covenant. Now, it says in the myths that that couldn't be destroyed. Yeah. And some people even claim it comes from outer space, others that it's a remnant from Atlantis. It's some kind of advanced technology. And if you read older myths that the biblical myths are built upon, like the Sumerian and stuff, yes. you'll see that they discuss well, this super weapon. There's no other way to interpret this. And this is not from Zacharias H. Uh, because I think that's very speculative stuff. Yeah. This is from uh, Dr. Farrell, and he says that uh, when you read this, the, the, the mainstream translation of these ancient Sumerian myths who talks about this same thing as it's a weapon that they could not destroy, so the gods, whoever those are, decided to hide it, to hide it in such a way that it cannot be abused by the <laughs> unworthy, yeah. because we would kill ourselves. So I introduced this as a very exotic interpretation. I know this is very highly speculative and, and all that, but if it should be some kind of antediluvian technology or, or like primitive kind of, uh, I don't know, weapon, it would make sense to hide it from the unworthy. Oh, it's a bit of mythology there, yes, but uh, yeah. I think it's a more simpler explanation, and that explanation could be that it is esoteric alchemical documentation, documents that they've felt very much should be preserved to the future, and or it could be uh, uh, religious artifacts that uh, are made of some precious metal, like gold? Yeah, yeah, but Shakespeare say very clearly that it is the Ark and the Menorah. You know, in his, uh, is it the, the plate in his tomb? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pater decrypted, uh, if you read it backwards, it's, it's not even a sophisticated code, it's very plain. There lies buried the Ark and the Menorah. You, you'll see that in his movie. And yes, I agree with you, it may be very hot documents, but if the Ark is there, you have to take heed of a research such as what Graham Hancock and others have done. And for all intents and purposes, it seems like it is a very old. All descriptions of the Ark shows that it has radioactive features. People get these radioactive uh, diseases. Those people who uh, watched it, they have a very short lifespan. They became blind. I, I can't go into all that now because it's a program in itself. But I'll alert you to it if you're not aware of it. And that could explain why Every equipment fails. I don't believe in curses and, and, and superstitions like that. But I do believe that advanced radiation and stuff will, excuse my French, fuck up equipment. So uh. if it has some kind of electromagnetic features, it can be like a, a meteorite. They, they used it. You never know. So, so yeah, that's my, yeah. my pet theory that the equipment breaks down because it has some exotic features. In Indiana, you know, they melt when they see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost at that level, isn't it? Yeah. But no matter what it is, we are just speculating anyway. So you think then that you we will find these books and we will find this document in Mercy. Uh, yes, I think there will be a box quite deep. I think it will be under six meters. That's uh, about three root level. Maybe it's a, a bit 10, between 10 or 20 meters down. 
you will find that. But no treasure? No treasure, no. But there could be uh, some kind of uh, attracting. Or that, that depends what you mean of treasure, you know. If, if you find something from uh, the beginning of, of uh, the 17th century, that would be treasure, whatever it is. Of course, but I mean the main thing, the, what they are trying to hide, it won't be at mercy, will it? No, it won't be at mercy. Mm. Not according to my theory, that is. So, so what do we do then? If we dig and unveil what's in mercy, where do we go next? What will we find and where do we know where to go next? You will know how to go when, when you decrypt the material, the documents, whatever that is in that box in mercy. Mm. When you decrypt that, you you get two point lines probably that intersect in the far distance, and then you get reference points. And those reference points probably or possibly you have the tree of life structure itself mm. to use as the the reference points. When you apply the map, it will point out a position inland, and that's the same position I have discovered. Wow! So we actually have to go off island. You go off island because it's the it's a perfect way to to make it sure that whatever happened on the island in the future, two, three, four hundred years in the future, whatever invention they, they come up with, they cannot find this place mm. without cracking the, the, the maps. And they used uh, this is a theory of mine, but they used if you take a temporary tower, you build it over the treetops, and then you put a bonfire. And you, you can use triangulation quite easily to, uh, to create these maps. Mm. And uh, that was the, what was the, they did first before they took in all the people to, uh, to make the money pit in the swamp. They made the maps. And then they just lowered down the boxes with the maps with a few people present you know, in the mm. swamp and in the money pit. But um, you, you were complaining that it's so expensive and there's almost no one who has to... Re I mean, if the authorities would go in. Authorities all over the place, they won't do anything unless they can see the treasure. <laughs> they are that level. They're the last people to act. But what about the people at the island? Would they be unmotivated to do something because we're going off island? I mean, that must be bad news for them. Uh, yes, in some, some way, it's, I've been in communication with them, but uh, in, in some way it's good news and some way it's bad news. Yeah. The bad news is that there's nothing on the island or that they can make money of. And the, the good news is that uh, they finally know the truth and they don't have to spend more money on the island. Mm. But the NS Heritage, they, uh, in my contact with NS Heritage, they want to fund of the treasure trove situation on Oak Island. What I mean with the treasure trove is the laws that are currently on effect on Oak Island. That, uh, and these laws was the reason you know, OD is there and are looking for treasure. Mm. They don't like those laws. And those laws, uh, in effect, have produced uh, the current situation on Argyla with the show and, and you know, OD and so doing drilling operations with no archaeologists there and so. And they don't like that situation at all for some reason. Why? No, because it's, it's different than the rest of Nova Scotia. All of the rest of Canada. It's completely separate law situation there. So they tailor these laws just for Oak Island? Because there is a long history of treasure hunting there. Mm. It's, so it's, uh, it's linking on from uh, way back on Oak Island. Mm -hmm. All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, 
You can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. And the owners on the island, they, they are not so pleased either because they feel that they are, you know, pumping resources. They are the ones who are driving this on. They are using money and stuff and they will get very little back actually if something is found. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, to put it down to a hands on situation, it's Bacon's fault. <laughs> it's the constructors of our guidance fault. They have made a deceiving construction that want the greedy to keep digging, keep digging, shove down millions and millions of dollars into that hole for nothing. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they end up being broke, they end up being, you know, uh, feeling very bad, very sad, going home with no money, die, whatever. But this is the, the way the construction works. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had luck, and, and I worked my ass off for five years, at home in Sweden, on the other side of the world, with, with my computer, mm. you know, and ordering stuff from libraries. I bet a little skill, too. You're too modest. Yes, luck, but also skill. And we don't know what the invisible hand. <laughs> there may be higher forces in play, too. But I think that the people at the island will be the key here, because when they find something tangible, uh, more than what has been found already, for instance, if they excavate the mercy point, or if they find something in... Because I, I now think there is a kind of a mine situation. I think there's a lot of caves under there. And you have this 10x and stuff. And now that they have Fred Nolan on board and all his... They, I think they're bound to find something. Wouldn't it then be easier, even even if they don't yet find your box in the mercy point, but as soon as people know there's something there worth looking for, something really old... Uh, wouldn't they then have to take it seriously, the academicians and authorities and all that? Yes, of course they would. And uh, what would happen is if they, if the current activity on a dialogue on Earth, anything from the island that smells bacon or Shakespeare or something that is not treasure, they would shut down the island. They would, they would uh, kill the treasure trove and they would shut it all down. Jesus, then it's not in the interest of the History Channel and their owners to actually disclose such findings. No, the History Channel will be very, very interested again. But the, the problem is the treasure trove currently active on Oak Island will probably just be uh, you know, neutralized. So, and, and the province want to uh, take over the island. Maybe, I don't know. Mm. They will tell you, you know, well, it wouldn't be fair on the island owners no. because they're they have been there for so long and they have spent millions of dollars there. So Yeah, and we can thank them for us just talking about it now. They've, they've pumped so much in. It has to be fair. I think they need something back, yeah. even if it's a world heritage. Yes. Of course, they, they can't go on a black market and sell the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> I mean, but, but they should get something back. And I think they're pretty worthy, actually, because they have overcome bitter old conflicts. They've included people. They've included the whole world in this mystery. Yes, they have the, these silly childhood notions about pirate treasures and stuff. But I think even even the Laginas are starting to realize this is bigger than, you know. I, I don't think deep in, in the heart of hearts they still believe it's a pirate treasure. <laughs> At this point, I think everybody knows it's deeper. 
Yes. No, no, they have done more to this mystery than anyone before them, yeah. I think. Maybe, okay, maybe there's some in the early stuff in the 19th century, though, but, but when it was you know, still intact and they, so on. But they have done shitloads, so to speak, for, for this mystery to take us forward, you know. Uh, it was almost forgotten when, when it was dead and with Nolan and Blankenship there. But, but, but you know, what is going to happen is that when the province get knowledge of my discovery and I get more, uh, you know, hands-on data that is bigger, more, more quality data from this location with professional firm, mm. then the province need to, to, to approach this and uh, they need to uh, figure out what to do with Oak Island. And uh, and so on, and they, of course, you know they they will they will kill the treasure trove, and there will there, there won't be any need for any treasure trove anymore because there's no treasure on Oak Island. There's no treasure mm. there. But there is the shipwreck they found, and uh, there was also this news story that uh, what's his face um, Hutton Pulitzer, I think, is involved. They apparently found some kind of Roman sword or something. It doesn't have to be connected at all, actually, to the Oak Island. Well, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that story. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so there's no evidence for it. I have not got into it at all, but uh, I see they they're all over Facebook with it. But I don't have time to go into that. But. Uh, I don't know, but no, me neither. Yeah, but what, what I know is is this: this is huge for Nova Scotia heritage. This this has to be played fairly, and it has to be done very, very responsible for the Nova Scotia heritage and for the world heritage. Every step on has to be done with responsibility for the heritage. That's my absolute first priority. You know. This is too big. I don't think about the money. I think about the heritage situation. This is world heritage. It needs to come out as world heritage. And every little bit and pieces of this, of this historical project, every little tiny bit has to come up to service and get out to the public so that for the public to need to know. That's my standpoint on it. Okay, so let's say then that uh, they have found something and they start to realize that the theories about the 17th century bacon, you know, Spanish workers, Bushel, all that stuff is starting to be substantiated. And it may be even if they drill at the money pit eventually. Uh, but even if they don't, just as soon as they understand this has something to do with Bacon, Shakespeare and all that, what's the next step then? Uh, you, you said inland. How do you know where to go next? You know, that's up to NS Heritage. The only thing I want right now is I want to get the high-quality data out from this location. And I want, want yeah, but how do we get to that location? How, how do you know uh, where the location is? No, because I used, uh, I, I bought a digital map over the whole uh, Mahon Bay area. Uh, and I used my computer. And I used a plugin to uh, to software to uh, that you get GPS. You can actually draw whatever form you want, and you get GPS exact coordinates. Mm. And I used that to uh, to apply the map to um, to the Mahon Bay area over Oak Island of reference points mm-hmm. uh, that are pinpointed with some mathematics and some old surveys that I did some uh, yeah, geometry mathematics on. And I got, uh, and it pointed to a position. The, the input data comes from this uh, document X that uh, started your whole uh, discovery. Is that where that map is? 
That's, that's the geometric form is in the document and the mm. reference points for the geometric form is in the Shakespeare sonnets. And the stones at the island, are they involved? Yes, the, the drilled rocks at the island, uh, they're spread out. And, it, you know, it, it, it was a hell of a job. And it was not any clear. I didn't get a clear position. I have several to choose from. Mm. So uh, depending how you overlay the map. So so it was more or less pure luck that I found it. I just started to photo. I went to this place. I started to photograph. I had a few, uh, few positions to choose from. I went to each one of them and I started to photograph. And then when I came to the hotel, I just saw an X mm. on a boulder drive photographed one of the places. So, uh, and, and then from there I did the scanning and so on. But, you know, I, I feel like there's... I have like a, a heavy load on my shoulders. I yeah. wanted to release this to Ennis Heritage. I wanted to take over. No, I, I don't want it to be, I can't do this. I'm, I'm one person from Sweden. I spent all my money, lost my job on this, on this discovery. You know, mm. I can't do, I, I want, you know, the, the universes take over this, but they say they're not, we need more data. Okay. You have, you have a 2d scanning here. It's interesting, but we need someone that it, from a pro firm that is on the spot and then give us the, the results. But if, if the authorities want, what about the Prometheus and Laginas? You know, uh, I've been in contact with them, but then I lost contact with them. So uh, I don't know the situation, actually. They should be behind it because, uh, first of all, if it's true, they need to be on board with what's true, right? And they will get stuff back because if we find these treasures where you have indicated on the mainland, it means that this series, the Curse of Oak Island, will go down into history. Um, it's like the hunting Hitler program. It's like if they find the remnants of Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the same thing. It's so big. It's world-changing history. So History Channel would make millions. They would be happy. But I think even the owners would get something back from it then. Yeah, all, all the, the province just expropriate the, the full island. They, they give them the, the value for the, the property, yeah. Yeah. and then they expropriate yeah. the value. But, you know, they, they could yeah. they could react in any, in any way, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, they have the power. That's the other aspect of it, that they still want it to be like uh, diamonds and gold and stuff. And uh, the thing is that their incentive to back you with this theory isn't that big mainly because you're going off-island, but also because it's, in their eyes, only world heritage, not necessarily so much they can get some hard dose from. And I wouldn't trust authorities to give them fair payment. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, yeah, it was expropriated, and they and they gave, like, say, um, trivial, like a land price as if it was in main island. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, actually, I think it's like this, Yeah. Um, the problem is that, uh, you know, if, if, if the, the province get an excuse to shut down the treasure trove, they will do it. Uh, as soon as the, the province thinks that the Ogallan project is not just some Spanish people that buried some gold there, possibly, or it's just a myth, well, if the province get an excuse to change this, uh, this view on Oak Island, they will shut down the treasure trove. And if, if they, the island owners, uh, help me scan outside the island, mm -hmm. uh, and even if, you know, if I find something, well, they don't have to spend another another season spending money on a island. Okay, that's good. But if, if there's nothing there, then I, I just, 
you know, it could be like this, that I have inserted an idea in the province that, well, this might be something bigger. This guy said the same thing as Peter, and he uh, was kind of, so then they might shut down the treasure trove, because even if I don't find anything, mm. could be this kind of thinking, you know. And uh, that's a problem from the island owner's point of view. Yeah, yeah. But History Channel could probably make five more seasons just out of your. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't end with your theory. It, it just takes it in another direction, and they're good at squeezing as much time as possible out of this. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see it continue. But let's bring people down to earth, actually inland, down to inland. Where in the mainland is your point extant? Well, that's a million-dollar question right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, right? Uh, yes, I know, and the and selected people know, and the province know, and they have locked it uh, for uh, so that the information can't get out of the province. Yeah, yeah but what's the general area called? Uh, it's Lunenburg County. Exactly, Lunenburg. Yes. Yeah, and and you believe that if they manage to find something in Point X, it will confirm, it will be the same thing that you have. Uh, you kind of decoded the backup material or something, right? I, you know, I, I sat down with my computer and uh, pinpointed these spots that was potential with this, uh, you know, very difficult project in the laying of the map. And I went to these places and in one of the places I found this boulder. And it's it's a complete wilderness, and uh, it's uh, you know if, if complete wilderness, you find an X and a boulder. Well, there's boulders all over the place for the markings and so on, for like uh, land markings and so. So I, I thought, well, maybe this could be something else that is unrelated. But then when I go there with a scanner, mm. and I scan and I get this result from the scanner, and this mm. boulder is located, it's big, and it's located right above these anomalies on the GPR. There's no traces whatsoever in, in the in the surroundings that have been any project here. This mm -hmm. complete wilderness. So yeah, and there are scrape marks on top of the boulder, there are parallel scrape marks. It wow. looks different to the surroundings, the round rounding stones. They're much smaller. So uh, so this has been deliberately placed here. Yeah. On top of this anomaly. Is there any way to, to date it? No, no. But, you know, the thing is that this kind of work and the size of the work is the same thing as we going on in Oak Island and move these kind of boulders on Oak Island as well. Similar boulders as in Oak Island? A similar size. Similar size mm. boulders. Okay, so, so, so you, you managed to find this point based upon uh, what you said here, the boulders, the map uh, or the document. But, but you also believe that in Mercy, there is clues that will point them to Lüneburg Point X, right? Yes. Yes, so? Yeah, so, because that wasn't a clear, I went back to Point Mercy because I want you to confirm to people that what I already know, that, that yeah. what you have found is also duplicated in the Mercy Point, if I understand your theory correctly. Yeah, I don't think it's duplicated, but I think it's it works a bit differently because there's different reference points, and that is the tree, ah, tree of okay. life. I don't know this. This is theory, of course. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it would be strange if it wasn't uh, the tree of life structure because that tree of life structure is a very, very robust uh, reference yeah. system. It's very big yeah, rocks and uh, uh, the drilled rocks that are placed around the money pit. They can be moved around and so on, which can happen as well, some mm. of them. So uh, so the money pit, 
beacon and map keep and map situation is much more fragile to uh, for the construction in the time in the future it could be destroyed but the the swamp and the the mercy point and the tree of life structure the secondary map is uh, much more robust with both the money pit and the mercy point to luneburg x Yes, in my theory, it has to do that. What I have found is, uh, as I said, I found a connection in the documents and the alignment structures, and there's no other way to explain this. As I could find this location on the mainland with that document, the Shakespeare sonnet, and drilled rocks spread out mm. on the island, and description of drilled rocks. It was a very difficult project. But that enabled me to find this location. Mm. And uh, there's no way to explain that unless this document I found is some kind of, I don't know, some backup situation or whatever uh, for the Organon project. Yeah, that's the only way I can explain it. Right. But, okay, so you think, in your theory then, they made a lot of work in the island, but not so much work then in Lüneburg. That's just where they buried it. Yes. And there's no chance it can be opposite around, like... The thing in Lüneburg could point to something at Oak Island. Uh, it's a correction, uh, not in Lüneburg town. I, I meant in in Lüneburg County. Right. This is quite a, quite a big county that surrounds the whole Mahone Bay area. But the place is it owned by someone? Uh, yes, of course it's owned by someone. But the thing with Oak Island is, is it's very close to the mainland, and the mainland consists of just woods, enormous big area of just woods. You know, it's it's a perfect place to bury something at a specific position that you need a map yeah. to find, a geometric map to find, you know. Mm. So, and, and the, the discovery process was probably meant to be also that you use uh, temporary towers with fires. So that they are, they are like resource tests, they are intelligent, educational and resource tests all the way through this project to find Spot X. So, the, so you, you can't find it if you don't have enough resources to excavate and protect with soldiers the, the things you get up. You can't get it up. You can't even find it because you can't enter the swamp. You can't enter down the money pit. Mm. If, you, if you don't have education, the right kind of education that is esoteric education that includes cryptography, that includes uh, ethics and so on, Kabbalah, yeah. Kabbalah, then you can't find it. So it's tests all the way down. The whole, the whole island is a testing facility. Mm. And then when, yeah, well then when you get there, then the, the baking company will need, okay, these guys have a lot of power, a lot of uh, protection abilities to move mm. things, and they have the right knowledge and intention and motive not to destroy this, but to save it. Mm. And then they have safeguarded for future generations. Yeah. But it is a kind of an anticlimax that it is in Lüneburg County and not at the island. <laughs> I can see why many people don't want this to be true. <laughs> exactly. And that's the smart, the smart thing about it is that that's, this is exactly how it's supposed to work. People, the focus is going to be on that island all the time. You should never, never forget that island. It should be in people's memory all the time, all the time, all the time until the project is solved. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's my theory about what my, my discovery. Anyhow. But are there any weaknesses? I mean, short of someone finding a letter that says, hey, you have to go to exactly this spot at this place and dig, and there's where the main treasure is. 
that's so clear you cannot deny it but is there any chances that you is there any weaknesses is there any room for misinterpretation errors uh, you know alternative explanations in your I know you you went to the point I know you scanned and you found something there so obviously it should be investigated but like Peter thinks that mercy is the last point at least so far he hasn't de developed any theory beyond that that I know of so how do you know that you stop at this point where you are no, you know I think Pedro has no reason to uh, to change that theory because you know I wouldn't have changed that theory if, if I haven't found what I've found I think his theory would be very plausible yeah but what about your theory not forget Petters I mean how do you let's call your point mercy too why, why do you stop at your mercy point how do you know it's not just another step in, in a longer uh, riddle. Well, you know, I, I can know that. I can know that, of course. But, uh, but you know, it's, uh, I think if you, if you do Occam's Razor on it, and, you know, I've gone way beyond Occam's Razor. <laughs> here, but, but, you know, there, there is a reason for it, and that's because I have a discovery that is not a theory. And I build my theory on that discovery. This is why it seems that the project's just built up to some massive, strange, very cryptographic uh, Dan Brown thing. But the thing is like this. These guys that build the Oak Island project are the same guys who have done the Shakespeare project. And they are storytellers. They have built this project. You know, they have taken Dan Brown and make it real as a story. Yeah. This is a story. They attract people. They... They create. You look at the Oak Island project. What what, what happened to people when they uh, when they get to know mm. about Oak Island? They freak out. They they, they spend their lives mm. on it. They, this is storytelling at its best. It's the same as Shakespeare. Why is Shakespeare so popular? Yeah. Because they were fucking good storytellers. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and this is the same thing. This is a work of art. Oak huh. Island is a work of art created by the same guys who did the Shakespeare project. But this is why it's so elaborate. Mm and unnecessary elaborate in some places as well. How, how do they know this will work in the future? This kind of elaborate project, they might, they have thought about it a lot, very logically, but there is some kind of artistic component to it. There is an artistic component to this project. Yeah, because of his genius. Yeah. But I see the same, not only have they managed Shakespeare and Oak Island, but they even caused this second uh, revolution, reformation, this renaissance uh, in Europe that you could say that the uh, manifestos and all that, they really changed the climate of their own time just by the Rosicrucian um, impulse. Yeah. So they've already proven that they can change the narrative and they captured... Yeah, they captured people's imagination. They caused a lot of uh, debate and for, yeah, yeah. The, the, this is social engineering at its most brilliant. You put it right on the spot. The social engineering is what it is. This is Shakespeare, the Rosicrucian manifestos, and Ogden project. They are connected, connected, and they are social engineering at its you know. And this is beginning of seventeenth century. Mm. It's a fan. It's world heritage. You know, there's nothing from the Renaissance coming out. Like you know, in, in this complex, nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's quite amazing. So 
the, the point X that you found, I know you can't give away details about that yet either, but is that in private owner's hands? I can't get into uh, to details about ownership there. I'm sorry, you know, I can't, I can't do that. Okay, because if it, if it was, you should team up with the owners. They probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, there, there is a process going on uh, all the time, you know, to move things forward this year. Yeah. But but how, aren't you afraid that by disclosing that it's in the Lüneburg County, people will now run out and look for the boulder? You know, it's Lüneburg County is quite big. Mm. If you check the map, it's, okay. it's very very big. It's close the whole the whole Mahone Bay area is located in in Lüneburg County. So. So it's, uh, you know, they, they weren't stupid, these guys. This place cannot be looted. You, you need a so massive project to to loot this place. And this will be heard and seen. It will take weeks. Be, okay, so even if, even if someone somehow found Point X, then they couldn't just go there in the middle of the night and uh, get away with uh, whatever's there. It would, it would take them weeks, and they need like uh, uh, huge digging machines, and uh, you know it, it will be an impossible project. Ah, okay. And the province know where it is, and uh, you know it's not that far from civilizations. You know it, it will be heard. The project will be heard. Mm. So uh, you went there. I guess you filmed. Did you film it? Document it? Yes, I document everything. You know. Yeah. Are you are you going to publish uh, your own movie soon then? That will be included in documentary films later on, yes. And the thing is, there's some rewards there where where you get uh, you get access to documentary material that is unique, is unique stuff. So every poster, every uh, webinar recorded, that will never be done again. All the photographs, all the video material that would never be used again. So uh, you went there. You had your camera team. What kind of equipment did you search with? How 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 accurate do we know that this is? I had a Marlow DX with a 160 megahertz antenna, and this this equipment is used by professional uh, archaeologists. This is there are like two GPR machines that all all the archaeologists use, and uh, that's Sensoft in Canada, and that's Marlow from Sweden. Actually, it's very interesting Canada Sweden there but so I, I rented this equipment some guy in Sweden here who had it who, who um, felt sorry for me so he uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I got it very cheap rental and we took it into Canada and uh, we scanned this position and the, the files need to be processed you, you can't see on the files you, you need to be educated to understand those the profiles yeah but obviously he was right yeah we, we sent it around to experts first one expert in germany said yeah this is stirred uh, this is the study is not natural and then we sent it to uh, around this and dean goodman in california who is phd in geophysics he uh, was a producer of a, a gpr mm. software he uh, filtered the files and uh, processed them so we get a good visual of them. And he said that uh, this is how it looks when you have a you know, disturbed earth, a dig trench that is backfilled or something. Okay, so, so basically you discovered that there's a cavern, this space under this boulder deep in the earth. Now you don't see a space. What you see is that... Uh, you have, um, you know, we didn't do any velocity calculations. We don't know the exact depth, but a few meters down, you see a smooth, 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 and you see a rough edge, uh, like a small bent-like edge. 
and then you see uh, strong reflections that are 90 degree angled to that edge, and a lot of reflections under that, about two, three meters mm. high. And, and we scanned like 10 meters away from the boulder, and we just we did just get smooth, smooth like no artifacts or any hyperbolas at all, the radiograms. So we have a difference between 10 meters away and, and just by close to the boulder. So, so what do you think? Uh, but, but obviously there has to be a cavern under there, right? Yeah, you know, what I think they've done is they have dug a hole. And I think this, this is quite, it might be even bedrock, I don't know, under there. But it's quite packed salt. It's not loose at all. It's very hard. Mm. And uh, they've dug a hole straight down and then put out some chambers on the sides at a certain depth. Put in stuff, and then they filled up like with bricks or uh, stones or whatever. Ah, right. M- maybe with cement, like a pillar up, and yeah. then they put a boulder. So, so this pillar holds mm. the boulder up, and then so you have to go through that when you excavate it. But you see, you will excavate it because you see there are some natural things holding stuff up. Mm. So it, it's a very ingenious construction because if you can't move that boulder. You can't come down there. You need like a very, very big project to uh, yes to get down there and you know to move the boulder and remove the the heavy reflection stuff. But like you know, in in Peter's theory, there's there's a religious aspect, right? They have this templum thing. Uh, somehow, this spot of Eurston has to be aligned with what's going on on Oak Island, right? Uh, how do you mean aligned? That is, that is connected, uh, let's say, uh, regarding these drilled stones. Yes. I got a question here from, from Peter Amundsen. Yeah. And he says that, ask him how big the margin of error, uh, sharp angle from the drilled stone at the island will give if we are discussing a point X close to Lüneburg, uh-huh. because it will become a very sharp angle that will uh, give the point of intersection. Yes. And he, he says is limit how far it can be between the drilled stones at the island. So what you say? It's a, what happened is that you get a, these two point lines, they go very tight together mm-hmm. and intersect. And the intersection is quite long. If it, in the real world uh, distances, it gets quite long, you know. So you have to move around in this area, but this is hard to explain without uh, giving too much details. But in the landscape where, where this hits, you can figure out in, in uh, what area this must be, because in the other area on, along this stretch, it is impossible. It is physically impossible for it to be. So uh, it's not too hard to figure out wh- where it is. But why would it be physically impossible at the other areas? No, because it's too, uh, what do you say, the landscape is uh, is not suitable for uh, building this kind of thing. Ah, oh, right, right. So it's suitable in this small place where it is. That's my conclusion in the aftermath. I, I didn't think like that when I found it. This, this was afterwards I, I was checking. If we take everything in your theory at face value, uh, it means that they've spent like 90% of their energy on Oak Island. And then almost nothing at at your point, yeah. unless there's more in the area that you haven't found yet. Have you have you searched that area beyond what you found? Uh, I have searched it. Yes, I have. And you you're, you're pretty certain this is the only point of interest in that Lüneburg area. No, no, 
I, I couldn't. I, I didn't search it that well. I, I didn't have time for that. But okay. But what, it's hard to explain. But what, what, what I did was I had a few points. Went very fast. And uh, when I came to this place, I um, I was at two times. There's one in 2014 mm. first and July yeah 2015 in March when I scanned. And I went around. It was quite hard to walk because of the snow. But you, you looked around. I did some additional uh, investigations from satellite images and so on. And my conclusion is that it's pretty obvious if you're thinking like a 17th century person mm-hmm. when you build this kind of map that it's pretty obvious that if you want someone to find this place with a very rough map pointing mm-hmm. to this place, it's not exact at all. Then you build it here. It's no problem. You build it here because it's it, how the area looks. It's impossible to to do this kind of structure anywhere else, more or less. So it's, uh, it's as you know, the, the whole thing is, I think they first scouted this place and then they scouted Oak Island mm. and then they built the map and then they produced Oak Island. You know? Yeah, unless the Templars had already been at Oak Island. Uh, and they just inherited, and then they did... Uh, I mean, Bushel was a mining expert, and they had they had resources, they had the Spanish workers and everything, so they could have elaborated further. But, but it's also possible that if your point really is the end point, then uh, they could have been worried that, you know, the rumors would go, people would find out where it was. If this is the Templar treasure or some very in valuable uh, rare and and uh, unique stuff then maybe they the beak the, the decoy at oak island or actually the whole oak island is a decoy maybe they did that so that when rumors went that oh they went to to nova scotia with it they would go to oak island instead of instead of this place that could also be don't you think uh, can, can you say that again because <laughs> I'm a bit yeah. tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was poorly explained. No, I'm just saying that, let's say it's you and me, right? Yeah. We, we're going there, we're, we're burying bacon and the Templar treasure, and then we're worried that rumors, you, you know, you can never keep something secret forever. So, oh, what if people find out that we've been here, that we, we need to make a decoy. So let's go over to Oak Island. Let's create a fake system there that will attract people so that people think that's where it is and nobody will know it's really here it's it's just a variation of your theory yeah that sounds uh, practical yes but then why at all build something why don't just hide it and disguise it very because they know that rumors they're afraid that people will find out that rumors will uh, among masons among the spanish workers who knows where where uh, rumors uh, go you know uh, yeah Yes, but, but you're right. They wouldn't have. They didn't need all those resources just for your point X. Your point X is so much simpler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's simpler. Yes, but you have to think about this also. In the 17th century, it was very, very easy to keep secrets mm. because there were there were no internet, no phones. There were, there were nothing to spread information fast. Except you have to, you can print stuff, but. You know, that was a huge project. So uh, you could easily have a cellar in the house and have a secret society that no one knew about. And so as long as no one in the, in the society told anyone else, mm. even if they did that in a pub, mm. it just, you know, went to three or four people and just died out. Mm. Because, you know, now we have text, we have mobile phones, you know, everything just spreads like really yes. fast, but not in the 17th century. 
No, and you're right. They would want people to look for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't preserve it in, in documents and stuff. No, no. Okay, then. Now, uh, we're closing up to time run so fast. One last question about the place. Uh, how much could be there? How, how big did your find indicate? I mean, if they didn't put bricks and stuff and fill the hole, could a person go down? Is it room for, for like, uh, a lot of stuff or is it very small? How does it work? I think it's uh, room-sized. Must be. At, at least it's two meters high. Anyhow. Wow. The, uh, the width, I, I couldn't get any, any indication of the width, but at least the height is uh, one and a half, two meters. So you can stand abreast. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But, it, but then again, we didn't do any velocity calculations, and you need to do velocity calculations on GPR mm. to get a notion of depth. Otherwise, you just get, uh, you know, microseconds, whatever it is, on the, on the I scale. Okay, so what do you need to do next? If you didn't have uh, the financial limitations, what would be your dream scenario for the next step over there? It would be to uh, to get a pro scanning done with the uh, GPR and metal detection that is uh, GPS coordinated, so you can build a 3D model. And that's expensive. Yes, the full model, including both GPR and and metal detection, will take two different antennas and two different metal detectors, and it costs twenty four thousand uh, dollars Canadian. Wow. Jeez. Oh, oh, Canadian. Canadian oh. dollars, yes. How, uh, how much is that in Swedish kronor? It's about 160, 170,000 Swedish kroners. Okay. But the GPR version costs 140, something like 140. But then there is sideline cost as well for journeys and so on. But that's what it costs. But then you get a firm that is uh, established, many, many years experience. Everyone knows who they are in Canada. And uh, they can just go up to NS Heritage with a file and say, this guy standing over here, you should listen to this guy because he speaks the truth. Here's the result. And they will listen and and take actions, you know. So as soon as you can document it by this method. Yes. The authorities will start uh, investigating. Yes, the universities will, uh, archaeological, anthropological uh, departments of the universities, the local universities will start uh, running this. They confirm this to you? Yes. Yeah. You know, if there is a, a significant result there and uh, its file is reported and its heritage and, um, and I hold a lecture for the universities, they will take over this project. They will uh, you know, do the usual thing with, when they do on archaeological situations. Mm. They file, uh, you know, they apply for money from some special places, from academia, and they get money, apply for permits and so on, and they produce an, an excavation. Mm. So, uh, But uh, is there no cheaper method? Because you have to raise a lot of money to, to, to get. Is there no cheaper method that they will accept as uh, good enough? Obviously, the method you've used so far is not good enough for them. But uh, is there a, a middle method here from what you look at as foolproof and what you've already done? Unfortunately not, (sighs) because uh, the thing is, there's only a handful of people in the area that can do this in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and around there. If I go outside, it's going to be much more expensive to take these guys in. And uh, what they need to do is they need to scan around the boulder and then uh, an area outside as well, because you need to see in 3D 
you'd see the difference between the natural subsurface features and the unnatural. Yeah. Because if you can't see that difference in the 3D model, then you can't. You can say, yeah, there is a chance that this is uh, not natural. Mm. But you can be 100% sure if you see in, in a 3D model the difference between the natural and the unnatural. Mm. So, so that's why I need a larger area to be scanned and a 3D model episode. It, it costs that kind of money. I can't, it can't be done cheaper. No, and you've already burnt up your money. But, but how certain are you uh, on a scale from 1 to 10 that, that you, the, the point you find does contain something here connected to, to your, your investigation? Well, I've, I'm 99% sure that it's... Uh, right. Yeah, the thing is, you know, well, there is something there. There's no question about it. But it has it to do with the island and Shakespeare. Mm. You know, that's the question. I could have just had pure luck. Well, Again, you yeah. Know, it, <laughs> yeah. This is the middle of wilderness and there's no traces of anything around. So, good point. Uh, but you know what? That's very good news uh, when it comes to appealing to people to chip in. Yeah. Because you can say to them, uh, and this goes to the skeptics, okay? Mm. Okay, so I haven't disclosed everything yet, but I've disclosed enough for you to realize that th there is something there. And even if you doubt that it should be connected to Oak Island, or even if you should doubt that it would be connected to Bacon, there is something Man made unnatural here. Yes. Now you chip in and we can all find out. Yes. Independent. You don't have to be convinced about your whole theory here. In fact, you didn't even have to have a theory. You could only go out for a Sunday walk. Oh my God, what is this? Investigate, investigate, scan, 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 match. Yeah. In addition to something like that, you've actually substantiated with solid research. And to be quite honest, Daniel, I think it would be much easier for you if you published, let's say, a video series like Petter did, you know, yeah. uh, describing what you've done, describing your method, your your journey to, to the island and to the inland. And it, because when people see, they get motivated much easier. It's, uh, you know, it's not rational. I wish it was rational because then the people at the island and the authorities will back you up. But people are usually ba uh, motivated by emotion. Mm. And then you need to show them something. So uh, I think that would be, the easy, be easier for you. But if you're not going to, if you're going to wait with publishing your book and your videos and all that, at least when you appeal to people to yeah. chip in here. Yes, what, what, I, what I'm trying to do, I, I put up a new video now, it's 40 minutes, and that explains quite a lot, actually, what, uh, of the theory and, what I, and uh, some statistical math and so on. Cool. But what I intend to do, I'm going to release uh, more videos about the journey when we scanned, you see the GPR machine and the stuff and discussions. So there's going to be some videos uh, released during this time. And also, it's not chip in, give money for this. It's not, it's not charity. What I'm doing is that I'm, I want the public to be involved in this, yeah. this discovery process. Mm. Access to an online webinar, like webinar, you can ask me questions. You get a cryptographic software, you get a you get a lecture in Halifax afterwards, and you get posters with 3D model design and so on. And everything that is produced has to do with participation in the project. It has to do with exclusivity. These things will never be found again. It will never be done again, used again. Mm. The material for the 10-15 million documentary will, will never be published anywhere again. So it's, uh, it's exclusive and it's uh, participating. Mm.
But you know, Peter, he had a, a similar thing where he had he offered market shares uh, in the film and stuff. Uh, wouldn't that be a way for you to go to? Uh, there's no guarantee, but if there's possible to make some profit out of this um, somehow, especially when it's discovered, I mean, then people would line up in queue to get your input. So wouldn't it be possible to sell shares so that they could get something back for what they invested? Yes, of course. That that I have been interested in that uh, setup as well. The thing is, I've, I've checked it out and I actually, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I just... I found something, but that was Swedish-based, that you can actually sell shares and so on. But then you have to start a company, and that was a much longer process. Well, well, you know, if it's an if people get undivided interest from an ideal a non-profit project, yeah. uh, it's not that complicated. Uh, I guess I, I'm not sure if that should be registered over there or or in Sweden or wherever you're operating from. But okay, if there's someone listening here who is interested in this and and they know about these things, at least if you know about how these things work, contact uh, Daniel here and give him some advice. Yes. Yes. And I I, I can say like this, if uh, someone gets very interested and want to go in with a a bigger share, Mm -hmm. then we can have a discussion on the side for a... For a you know some kind of investment situation, that's I, I'm totally open with that, no problem at all. Yeah. You know, so so I'm open for so on. And, and, the, but, and the cynics who thinks that this is a way for you to make money, uh, we have to uh, inform them that if this does not, if you don't collect enough money to to do what you want to do, they get the money back. Yes, not only that. You know, if they, I can say like this: if I don't get up, I don't go up to nineteen thousand dollars, then. You will just pay every money back to the contributors and, and there will be no project. But not only that, if I get $19,000 and I scan and the professionals say there is nothing here, I will work my ass off to pay off that money to, to every contributor. Yeah, but that would be, yeah, but that, okay, that's fine. That's ethical of you. But, you know, there's no guarantee for that. You can die. I mean, anything can happen. Yes. But, but okay. That's that's good. It's just because you have character. But if they do find something, will they get the money back then? If we do find something, the, the, what they get is the the webinar and they yeah, get right. the, yeah, so yeah, on. But yeah. but there's investment situations in the, in those one. But I I'm open to suggestions. You know, I, I I didn't have time to go into it too much. But I'm open. To- right. These things take time. Yeah. I have no doubt that if you give this time. Enough people will be interested to fund it. But but that's um, well. There's some kind of audit. Uh, I need to do this quite fast. Really? This project? Yes. I need. I need to. I need to have a, st- a fast pace. You know. Why? So uh, there is a lot of lot of uh, situations about this that needs to be fast paced. Okay. And one of the situations is that there is in this area indications there is fatigue in the construction because there are sinking in the ground that we have sunk down in some places just flat down like uh, ten or fifteen. Yeah, but it's been there like for four or five hundred years. I know, but I'm nervous. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> Well, this is very old construction. E- even if it's built like uh, massive, I feel responsible. Yeah. Somehow, I feel responsible. That, that that's what that's one of the situations. And other situations are uh, other factors that I that I want to move in a fast pace. It takes so long time to to when you don't have like Prometheus History Channel in your back. Look at Peter. 
he's still working with his movie and uh, and still i mean okay he he reached through in norway why because the state tv channel recognized this they picked it up and they've been uh, showing it over and over again now in sweden there's no such thing so you have to do this the hard way so if you're not going to flush out a movie beforehand it's word of mouth and that takes time so so i really recommend that you you put you take a deep breath some ice in your stomach and you let time work for you because if you're on the right track here uh the powers that be <laughs> i don't mean the human powers but the, the invisible powers the the karma the the way of the world i mean it's just how it works things take time and time can only work for you 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 can't get weaker in time you can only get stronger so, because how bad wouldn't it be that, okay, sorry, we can't excavate point X because we didn't get out enough uh, interest, attention. So, sorry, it will have to go die out forever. I mean, we can't have that, right? <laughs> no, I said, but, but you know, I did say that a campaign, if they're too long, yeah. people were like, when does this end? Right, and they, right. they don't, you know, it has to be like fresh in the memory from the... Yeah, but you must regard what kind of campaigns are usually... I mean, this is this is the biggest news story in the world. I mean, one of the biggest. Uh, so I think this is a little special. And uh, sure, people need to have a hard time limit so they know what's going on here. But uh, you, you could say like half a year and, and then as soon as people get aware of this and rumors. Now, I, I'm already giving you um, attention here on air, but if I didn't, I would still talk about it, helping it uh, bring attention. So word of mouth, I think, will be your most powerful alliance here. And uh, as people invest, they will tip others, but they can't explain it to others. So they will have to refer to your website or to programs like this one. Uh, And by the way, speaking of your website, even though we're going to put it out on our website, just tell people your website here now. Yes, yes. It's it's oakislandproject.com. And uh, on oakislandproject.com, you see this new video first uh, on the first page and so on. There's a lot of other cryptographic uh, videos there and material and research. Yes. So uh, it's going to be revamped in the future to uh, some more modern thing. But right now, it's uh, yeah, it has to do as it is. As it is. Right. So, um, and you also have a Facebook page, don't you? Yeah, that's uncovering the Ocalon project. Mm. It's uh, yeah, that's the same. So go to Daniel's uh, YouTube, Facebook, and website and take a look at his presentations. You, you, you'll get to get... It's so hard to discuss these things. It's much easier to understand it when you see it because you have outlined uh, things at your website, which is more visual. And you'll also see that Daniel is a stand-up, um, honest, uh, sincere guy and you'll also get a little more details about his theory so that you know that will lead to something but like we said even if you are skeptical or you're not totally buying into his approach to this there is some he has found something you can't get away from that it's just as solid as for instance peter's tree of life 
and and other stuff. So that alone should warrant attention and interest. And and I I don't get why the locals aren't. If I lived in Nova Scotia or Lüneburg or you know these areas, <laughs> I would be so proud. It would be a tourist magnet in the future. Yeah. That's one thing, and it's a world heritage thing. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think it's the most important thing uh, in Canada's history ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very huge. Yeah. My, my uh, standpoint on that is that, well, the thing that is buried is one thing, but the, the construction of this uh, protection facility that surrounds this vault, that is, uh, you know, there's nothing produced today of this complexity. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. You, well, you have you have your computers that can encrypt stuff and so on. But this is uh, this is done in poetry, cloaked in a way that it's uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, is a massive undertaking for mankind. Yeah. I can say that it's uh, in the best poetry ever written as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, dismissing uh, the potential physical treasure. You know why? Because. First of all, I, th I think King James was involved here, and I think the Templars was involved. Even if the Templars didn't go there themselves, well, we know the fleet disappeared somewhere. If the fleet disappeared in Scotland, and not over there, still there would be the treasures. And they, they would also need understand that if people are to find this and spend a lot of resources on it, yes, fine, uh, finding invaluable documents and artifacts, but come on. Give them some money back. <laughs> please, please give them a chest of... Uh, I mean, we, we know the Templars had... Uh, there was the biggest banking scheme in all history. So I wouldn't be surprised. King Philip the Fair, he was broke. He's the guy who smacked down on the Templars. He, he thought he could seize the treasures. All he got to seize was the Grandmaster who waited for him who sacrificed himself, and the fleet was gone. And with the fleet, all their, not all, but much of their valuables. Yeah. So there is a hypothetical chance that that may be buried either at Oak Island or at your point too. So whatever it is, it needs to be excavated. It needs to be discovered. Yes, of course it needs, you know, it's, uh, and not too far in the future either. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, Sometimes, sometimes we don't have choices, and I have to be a little devil's lawyer in this uh, interview today. Ask you some critical questions, because people will regard this with a critical eye. Because we are regarding your work from the outside, right? You're the only one who's regarding it from the inside. So, so you know, in order to convince us, you have to deliver. So go check what he has delivered so far. And when do you estimate uh, that you can go out with everything? Do you, do you really have to wait for the excavation to go out with everything? The province needs to take a decision when it's the location would go viral. I, I can't do uh, because of responsibility issues and respect for the province yeah. uh, and their decisions because it's their, it's on their it's in their country on their province so yeah. so uh, i will not reveal the location publicly until they say it's okay so yeah but i mean about your your cryptography and and all that stuff or a movie or a book 
technique or, or your method or all these things. I, I guess the problem is that if you reveal your decodings in detail, people can piece together where it is. Is that the problem or? No, no, it's not the problem. You know, on, on the new video, there is quite a lot actually and okay. uh, in the mathematical setup, but that's not the problem. What, what I need to do is I need to uh, to collaborate with a, a literary agent, and then that literary agent will tell me when to go public with stuff. Or not. Right. Yes, it's about getting something back. You can't just publish everything online and, and not get some of your investments back. Right. No, it's not only the investments, because it will not get out in the correct way, I think. It, it, it will, mm. If I publish it on the net, well, it will go viral and so on, but but you need a book to hold in your hand with a glass of wine and sit down in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least it used to be like that. Uh, no. <laughs> now it's uh, iPads and God knows what. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> this, this has to be done, the, you know, the old way yeah. too. Yeah, that's what I, I would like yeah. anyhow. And probably bacon too. Yes. So, yeah. it's <laughs> so okay, we'll end at that note then. Um, we'll lift our red wine glass and uh, wish for for the best then so uh, good luck with uh, getting the word out hopefully people will realize the importance of this and I hope you will release more videos some of your journeys maybe the method Peter did I think will be a, a well way to go so and you're welcome anytime back to this show if you have more on your heart to, to share with the world yeah. we're fully behind you so, so thank you very much yeah Good work, Daniel. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah, but thank you for all your sacrifices for you. culture and for mankind, yes. so to speak. Okay. Yes, thank you. And uh, yeah, yeah. See, see you. See you next see time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Forum Borealis, and remember that all our programs belong to different series, where some ought to be listened to in a specific chronology. At our YouTube channel, we've sorted the series into different playlists, and if you go to our website, you'll find a survey of these series, including planned programs for the future, so you can see what's to come. As some of you have noticed, we've had a break for a couple of months, but are now back in production and will subsequently release new programs henceforth. Now imagine that instead of these podcasts, you were rather listening in on a conversation between me and a guest. Granted, this was an interesting discussion. Would the coffee then be on you? If so, feel free to make an equivalent donation as we could really need some support for the coming months due to gruesome expenses. If you've already donated, consider doing it again since most listeners don't bother to treat us for a coffee, but sponsors have proven their goodwill, so we're counting on you. Another way to help out, which is just as effective, is to spread our shows to the world via your friends, your network, since we're solely going by word of mouth. The more listeners, the more chances to get our cost covered. Finally, let me share with you some thoughts of a certain illuminated genius whose spirit permeates this Shakespeare Oak Island series, namely Francis Bacon. 
They are ill-discoverers that think there is no land where they can see nothing but sea. Nature is often hidden, sometimes overcome, seldom extinguished. Truth is so hard to tell, it sometimes needs fiction to make it plausible. The job of the artist is always to deepen the mystery. Age appears to be best in four things. Old wood best to burn, old wine to drink, old friends to trust, and old authors to read. That concludes this edition of the Forum, of which your sincere host has been Al. And together with Blue Green, Bella and the rest of the team, we will soon be back with yet another smashing show. Be seeing you. number one.